0: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going?
1: It's going great. I'm in Portland. It's about 42 degrees. Maybe it's up to about 44 now. And uh, I'm a wimp. I set up a little heater, portable heater right now by my feet. (laughs) I like it warm. Anyway, it's going, it's going great.
0: You're running to Mario at all?
1: No, no. I, I shouted Mario, Mario. and I, just I honestly it- don't
0: even know how far Eugene is from Portland. Is it close-ish?
1: I don't, no, no, not, I don't think it's super close. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> uh-huh. how, but it's not. Uh, we're near, I think the, like the Nike headquarters. Right. I think our be- Beaverton, maybe. Yeah, Beaverton. And that's like a 10-minute, 15-minute drive from here. Gotcha. So, um, uh, yeah, Eugene, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm about to Google it, but uh, <laughs> um, but it's beautiful here. Leaves are changing, orange, red. and in about a week or two, it'll be just lit up gorgeous.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going uh, this weekend, taking a weekend off obviously you know Miami game um, to go up to Syracuse uh, for the first time in a couple of years, obviously I, my alma mater. So I'll get a little bit of fall up there. I get to watch a top 25 Wake Forest team play uh, when I, when I bought my $6 third row tickets for uh, Miami w- Wake Forest. Uh, I was not expecting a, one of those teams to be in the top 25. So. Uh,
1: oh, that's that's amazing. Deal, right? I think. Wow. And by the way, Syracuse, has the most beautiful fall foliage. I don't I don't know if this would it be um would it be going now or yeah it might be
0: a little too early. I was looking at the weather and it's actually you said it's 45 up in Portland. Syracuse which is like the coldest place in America basically oh, it's, it's gonna oh, be like yeah. the high 50s
1: this weekend so uh not gonna be You're super kidding cold me. yeah here it's going it's it's gonna hit 30 soon uh, I have a feeling but Syracuse I've been there during the fall and it is amazing. And obviously you have too.
0: Yeah. They've redone the carrier dome. So I'm excited to see, see what it looks like up there now.
1: Um, I can't imagine. By the way, I just, David, I just have to say distance from Portland to Eugene, Oregon is one hour and 50 minutes driving right now. Okay.
0: So, so you can't just drop by Mario's house and, uh,
1: no, can't, can't do it. Yeah.
0: Um, As you might be able to tell by this very long, uh, irrelevant digression at the top of the episode there's not a whole lot going on this week in the second half of this episode i'll be joined by michelle kaufman our miami basketball beat writer uh talk a little bit of Kane's basketball uh, started training camp last week had their first uh, media availability on tuesday uh seems like they could have a nice little season uh finally have some depth have a couple potential star guards um Seem poised definitely for for an improvement on these last few years that have been really, really, really rough um, with some of the injuries and FBI stuff. Uh, But first, let's get to some football. Um, Obviously, after Miami's loss to Virginia, we recorded the next morning. um, And I think we were basically in a position where either the episode we recorded this week was going to be really big because, I don't know, maybe, you know, by week, maybe coaching changes, anything like that. Um, Basically, big changes could have been on the horizon. Or it could have been really quiet, and that's where we are now instead. Um, you know, Miami has not had any uh, real availability this week. They have been practicing, um, as, as Barry Jackson, our, our colleague, reported. Uh, there was actually a fight in practice one day this week, which I think he noted well. Like, not super unusual. Like, that probably happens once once a year at least, right, just with every college team. There, there's sure. stuff like that. Um, yeah. The thing he wrote, really was writing about was uh, players only meeting after, which He kind of spun, and I I, I agree with him to an extent. Good sign, obviously, that um, they've not, you know, they've not punted on this season. They've not totally packed it in, which, as we have said a lot of times um, on episodes of this show, has happened a lot in the past with with some Miami teams. Um, But otherwise, just kind of a quiet week. Obviously, Manny Diaz is going to be the coach uh, next Saturday when Miami goes up to uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, for uh, a game that. Uh, looked a lot more exciting a month ago than it does now, Miami-UNC. Um, obviously, that's uh, much to the chagrin, I think, of, of a lot of Miami fans who wanted to change now. Um, I guess the two, other than the fight, which I don't think we really need to get into too much.
1: Well, but I, I just have to say something about the fight. I, I mean, <clears throat> I think the thing about the player, the team meeting, that's fine. But I think, honestly, that it does really show that there's uh, – you know there there is there's some trouble in paradise. Yeah, I mean I, I mean you know, not I, a surprise I, I, that
0: there's frustration, right?
1: Yeah, no, not a surprise at all. And fights do happen, but this kind of thing, I mean you're saying it shows that you know that, that they still care about it. There might you never know really if there is kind of a faction that's growing away. You right, know that that's true. but yeah because that's a lot of times that's why there are meetings. That's why from what Barry wrote Uh, through a source, through a couple of sources that, uh, you know, when they make mistakes in practice, they have to run or do whatever they have to do sprints. And if somebody loafs or doesn't, doesn't go all out, then they all have to start from the beginning. And just the idea that, I don't know, to me, it doesn't feel very, really great. Uh, I have a feeling there's some stuff building in the locker room and we'll see what happens, but I've been there before. I've seen it before. And, uh, and somehow it starts like this and we'll see. It actually happened under Manny. Remember there was a team, there was a big meeting a couple of years ago, actually Um, just uh, first
0: year, I think. Right.
1: Yeah. I just don't, I don't think it's necessarily good, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm not particularly Optimistic about the game coming up. So, yeah, that
0: that's fair. Um, other than the fight, again, we have not been able to talk to players or coaches or anything this week. Right. Um, so the the two uh, insights we've gotten into the program were Manny Diaz's weekly interview uh, on WQAM with Joe Rose on Monday morning. Um, not a whole lot there. You know, obviously, we had just talked to Manny after the game, kind of a lot of the same. A lot of the same lines he'd been kind of trumpeting for the, basically as the things have unraveled, um, you know, said basically more changes potentially coming on offense. Um, I, I, I think that probably just means maybe even more opportunities for some of these young guys who, who flashed. You know, obviously, we saw a lot of those freshmen that people have been waiting on played their most uh, most significant playing time on Thursday against Virginia on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, the freshman receivers. And then obviously a, a few of the guys on defense. Um, the other, the other thing I guess was um, today uh, we were <laughs> Thursday uh, afternoon for me, morning for you. Uh, Blake James went on Packer and Durham on ACC network this morning. Um, his first, I believe his first public comments of the entire season, right? Not even just since kind yep. of things gone wrong um, with, Uh, He declined, I guess, multiple requests from you and and Barry Jackson as things were kind of spiraling. Yes. Uh, So he pops on ACC Network this morning, uh, about a 12, 13, 14-minute spot. Uh, A lot of it kind of BS, right, just NIL stuff, expansion stuff. Um, Basically answered three questions kind of relevant to the current happenings. Um, I don't think think any of the questions – Mentioned Manny Diaz by name. He did not get into his uh, Manny Diaz's job security at all and did not get into his own job security. Um, basically, finally took his chance to, to hit back at the, the Kerr Curb Street um, rant that is still, uh, you know, clearly being felt around the program, right? Like, since that, we've had Manny Diaz put out obviously a statement. Two days later, you had Julio Frank write a statement. Uh, less than a week later, and now less than two weeks later, Blake James is out there too. Um, I, I think they can they can try to spin this all they want and try to you know rebut exactly. it all they want. But the pressure is on, and that that's the obvious like that's the obvious takeaway. I think from from all these guys responding to uh, Kirk Herbstreit's uh, segment on College Game Day uh, two weeks ago and. Uh, to Barry's um, report from uh, the week prior, just about kind of some of the structural issues plaguing the program.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it, there's they, they feel the pressure, and they're you know they're responding when um, they really have nobody. I mean, Manny Manny Diaz at least talked to you know talked to us. Um, on Zoom, so we could ask him actual questions. But I mean, Blake James knows that the where you know the ACC radio show or whatever TV, whatever he was on this morning, uh, was basically a softball. Yeah. Oh, so, I. You know, um, it, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's the same
0: thing as when Manny goes on Monday first thing in the morning. Um,
1: yeah, a little, a little like,
0: even with less. This- and then we obviously get to ask him questions uh, a couple hours later, but it kind of lets him set the agenda. Um, exactly. Yes. He got it, he's trying to set the agenda with, with no chance for follow-up.
1: Right. Yeah. And when I, when they, I think when they go on these ACC shows, I mean, they know in advance what they're going to be asked. And he probably says, I'm not going to talk about Manny and whatever, you know? So, uh, yeah, there's really nothing new there. I think it's very telling that Blake hasn't talked to any of us. Um, and uh, yeah, we have asked, uh, multi- like you said, multiple times more than once. I have Barry. Has. He's
0: usually very good about talking. It's great. Yeah, he's usually great.
1: Even when he's, things, you know,
0: he's been here for a lot of tricky times for the football program. Um, obviously yeah. Andy. I remember, was it after the Independence Bowl? I think, and we, uh, um, when Manny loses to Louisiana Tech to go to six and seven in his first year, and I, I think we all ran into Blake in the like the bowels of the stadium, and, and he talked for for a couple of minutes, and that was obviously uh, uh, not an easy not 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 a lot of easy answers at that time. So it's unusual. Yeah, he was good. He's
2: always
1: yeah. he's – has a history of being great, but uh, just. Not not recently, um, and I it just shows that you know that because the pressure is just as much, maybe more on him. Yeah, um, and I, I also you know I remember when, you know he he at least gave a statement after the. Do you remember? I know the uh,
0: the pinstripe uh, the bowl, pinstripe bowl. Um,
1: yeah, the, the pinstripe bowl. Wow, that was just that was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that was right. That was right before. Mark Rick stepped down right
0: yes a couple of days later
1: that was yeah I mean that was amazing and he he put out a statement you know, whatever I can't remember it's unacceptable or we don't this isn't the way we whatever do things um, but there's nothing now because I think I think Blake knows now it's on him I it's kind of weird if he says something about Manny well he's right. sick about himself. So uh, I don't know. The whole thing is not in a good place. I, I agree with Canes fans. I don't, I don't, as of right this second, you know, things in this college football world, things change every second, every minute, or, or, or as the time goes by, depending on what's happening, uh, the, the situation changes. So you can't make a concrete statement about what's going to happen in the future, but we kind of knew for now, everything's fine. But I think the North Carolinas. Excuse me, North Carolina game that is big. I mean, I don't know what to say. like I yeah.
0: I mean, I, I think as we've said a couple times or, or at least I've said, you know, the rationale that Miami can make right now is they are two and three, which means nine and three is still nine and three with an ACC championship is still like attainable. Again, there are no signs that this team is going to do that. But uh, the, the sign, like, it is attainable. It is mathematically still in play. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, once, once those those goals that, that Manny can keep basically putting out there, right, the ACC is still in play, whatever, you know, how many times have we heard that at Miami over the last, I don't even know how long, um, before I was even here, obviously. Uh, once those goals go out the window, then, um, oh, then you yes. have nothing to fall back on. And yeah, then this and is a add- weekend where it can't mathematically happen. Probably they get eliminated from the ACC, I assume. Um, but you, know, ACC, you, you go to two day and day. four, and all of a sudden, like you're shooting for another eight win season, and like try to backdoor your way to Charlotte to get stomped by Wake Forest or whatever. Like um, it, then it looks it, then then it's it becomes a lot harder to uh, for even the 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 most. Manny defend like most defensive Canes fans, and, and obviously Blake included in this category because of the nature of his job. Uh, to kind of make excuses anymore,
1: yeah, for sure. And i mean, like, I'm like, I have up right now the ACC, uh, the ACC standings, you know, yeah. and I'm in yeah. the co- <clears throat> but the, the thing in the coastal division, okay, Pitt is under is one and O and Virginia Tech is one and O now in the coastal, everybody else has. At least one loss or two losses. North Carolina, Virginia, and Georgia Tech have two losses each in the ACC. Okay, two losses: each. North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia Tech. The thing is, uh, yeah, and Pitt is one and Virginia Tech's one and zero. Miami still has to play both teams. The thing is that Pitt, Pitt, I think, is really good this year. I know, I think they lost to one lousy team, but otherwise, they've been very impressive, and they're four and one. Can he get you? Heisman? What what was that? Yeah, in
0: the Heisman buzz. Kenny
1: Pick. feels Which like as we all
0: expected back in uh, twenty seventeen.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, feels like he's he is an old timer.
0: Yeah, well, it was his debut, right? It was when they beat Miami. I think that was his first, at least his first start. I think was that
1: game. And 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 playing in Pittsburgh is, you know, I the last weekend in, in October. It's difficult. It is. Yeah. I, it's, it can be difficult. They, they, you know, um, I who knows what will happen, but that's a really hard game. And so is North Carolina state, even Mm -hmm. though it's Miami, it's at Miami. So what Virginia came to Miami. They couldn't win that one. I mean, I I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what I, it's not what I said. Like
1: the the, you can,
0: you can say that, nine wins and a trip to Charlotte are still attainable, but there's no signs that this team is going to get there. Right. No, um, I can't. Uh, no. And, and, and. why the pressure was on this week. You know, if, if they, if they do somehow beat North Carolina, they're going to be, I don't know what the line is going to be, um, but they're going to be an underdog certainly. Um, yes. And potentially a pretty substantial one. Um, but if they, if they somehow beat North Carolina, then it buys them another week right and I'm not saying it's gonna get fired if they lose to North yeah. Carolina but like it buys you another week of saying all right our goals are still in play
1: yeah it definitely does and um I don't know I it doesn't I mean the quarterback situation uh I get we've gone through this yeah. Jay Carson is out Derek King is out uh and Tyler Van Dyke who Came on strong in the second quarter. I, hopefully, he stays healthy. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's they've got a long. It feels like it's. We keep saying this. It's going to be a really long season. And um, and I I think they'd rather not let go of Manny Diaz at least yet. So um, yeah. you know we just we just have to see what happens. And if you lose. If you lose three games, Miami's zero and one in the in the ACC now, and they're three overall. If you lose three games, if you if you lose three games in the in the ACC standings, it's going to be such a crazy. Uh, what's if 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 three games loss losses does it? It's going to be a tiebreaker that's out of this world. It's going to be a million teams with three losses or whatever. However yeah. they do it, there's going to be a crazy tiebreaker. You. You know, I think two losses is is the limit in the ACC.
0: Yeah, probably at least, like you said, to, to avoid some not top tiebreak nonsense that'll exactly get complicated. Um, yeah, I mean, I again, like, I don't know, I don't know what firing Manny Diaz would have done this week, right? Like, even maybe even yeah. just like, where, what are they gonna do? You you ride out the rest of the season with Rhett Lashley, who probably come back with the new coach. Like, I don't know, maybe it lets you get a jump start on on. It lets you get ahead of some of the recruiting um, problems, right? And, and mostly, like with the attrition, I would say, like the negative recruiting, where um, you know, right now, it's, I think it's gonna be hard for Miami to lock up a commitment when they have a, a coach. That a lot of people perceive as a lame duck coach. It's exactly just yeah. as hard. It's probably just as hard when it's a interim coach trying to do it. But uh, you know, it again, I, it it's a really hard situation unless. Unless you kind of know what your, guy, your successor is going to be and you can kind of maybe want to start poking around, um, then there's not a whole lot you can do right now. Um, that no, because otherwise
1: you don't know who's, program. I mean, what what's going to happen as we get into November and stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um,
2: yeah.
0: all right. Um, I think we can wrap things up there. Susan, you're lucky we ran out of time. We don't have to talk about Urban Meyer. Um <laughs> Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe some other week. Uh, I don't
1: know, David. I don't know. Nobody on Twitter is saying to me, uh, "Bring home Urban Meyer."
0: I know, I know, but uh, he'll he's gonna be the big name. It seems like, right? The, uh, I mean, you, everyone's tied him to USC. Um, obviously, people still kind of want Mario, and I've seen Lane Kiffin a lot, also. Um, but uh, you know, Urban's one of the best college football coaches of all time, so there's obviously gonna be uh, some buzz whenever. Whenever he uh, goes on the market, uh, unless he just jumps straight from Jacksonville to USC, which seems like a possibility too. Um, all right, uh, now let's get to my uh, interview with Michelle Kaufman uh, to talk some Hurricanes baseball, which uh, sorry, Hurricanes basketball, which will hopefully be better than Hurricanes football this year, and baseball, and baseball. Right, we're back we are now joined by michelle kaufman our hurricanes uh basketball beat writer here at the herald uh practice started for them i think last monday technically uh you were out of practice on tuesday i think it was um yes their first media availability that day too uh figured a good time to uh, obviously with the football team uh not looking so good <laughs> uh, a lot of people i think uh obviously been frustrated with basketball the last couple of years too um a lot of things i think beyond the program's control though Uh, between the FBI investigation um, and um, obviously a lot of injuries the last couple of years. Um, But there does seem to be a little bit of a sense of optimism. Um, I think they obviously hope they're going to be better than they've been in the last couple of years. Um, Have a legit potential like all-conference star and Isaiah Wong, obviously, back, which was a huge deal. Um, And then a lot of new pieces in the fold also. Uh, Michelle, what's kind of the, the vibe around that, this team right now uh, as training camp has started for them and the season is kind of sneaking up on us?
2: It is. I was uh, I looked at the calendar. I'm like, oh, they have their first exhibition game on October 20th. Wow. That's we're very three soon. weeks out
0: from that, basically. We're most, two yeah, weeks we're two, out. Weeks, out. We're weeks, out. We're two we're weeks out from November. that. And then
2: the season starts November 9th. So, yeah, it is right around the corner. Um, the team is going to look. Very different. Uh, The transfer portal basketball last year was, was outrageous. Um, Thousands of players switch schools. So every school pretty much had four or five transfers. It seems like Uh, Miami had five. So out we'll do out and in. (laughs) All right. Out. Goodbye. Chris likes now at Arkansas, Earl Timberlake now at Memphis, Elijah Olani back to Stony Brook from which he came Nasir Brooks off to Ole Miss. Matt Cross left in midseason last year to Louisville. So those five guys are gone. In came uh, one really interesting player, Charlie Moore. That's who everyone's really interested to see. Yeah. Um, this is a point guard who was Mr. Illinois basketball, very highly recruited coming out of high school. This is his fourth school in five years. So he went to Cal. Then he went to Kansas. Then he went to DePaul uh, for family reasons, moved back to Chicago, and then he transferred to here. So this is his fourth school. He's played in the PAC 12. He's played in the, in the uh, big East. He's played in the big 12. He's played everywhere. And now he's going to play some ACC basketball. So he, from what I'm hearing is, and what I saw practice yesterday, he is a true point guard. Um, Chris Likes, to be honest, was never a true point guard. Chris Likes was a five-five shooting guard. Uh, he was never really a guy who distributed the ball that much. Was not looking around that much. He was always more looking to shoot and dribble. Yeah, he around. was like a consummate
0: sixth man, who he, uh, an yeah. overqualified sixth man, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was. He could get off, and he could, you know, he could have big nights and get hot and score a lot of points. But he wasn't really a good ball distributor. He was not really a true point guard. Charlie Moore is a true point guard. And I think that this team really, really needs that. The U.M. teams that have done well, that made it to the Sweet 16 over a four year span, both had very good point Mm -hmm. guards. Um, So, you know, Charlie Moore is more cut out like like those like Shane Larkin and and Angel Rodriguez type uh, player. Then the other transfer they got is Jordan Miller, who came from George Mason. And he's kind of a utility all around guy. I I do think he's going to start. I really think the starting lineup will include both of these, both transfers. I think Charlie will start. This guy, uh, Jordan Miller will start. And then Cam McGusty, Isaiah Wong, who both came back from testing the NBA waters, which was a big boost. Uh, For a while there, it looked like they were going to be gone. They both checked with the NBA scouts and they were both told that they need more work. So they're back for more. So you're going to have those two guys back, the two transfers. And then uh, Sam Wardenberg missed all of last season with a foot injury. Didn't even play a single game. So he's back. Uh, the one guy that I, that I want to bring up that I think fans should be looking forward to, I think Charlie Moore is one that everyone's curious yep. about. The other one is Nassim Poplar. They call him Wooga. He goes by the name Wooga. I need to talk to him and ask him where that <laughs> no, comes guess. from. But that is what Coach L calls him. No one calls him by his name. He is Wooga, W-O-O-G-A. Um, this guy I'm hearing, he's a freshman, um, and I'm just hearing really good things about him all around. They had a scrimmage the other day, 20 minutes. He scored 20 points. He scored 20 points in 20 minutes. And he's a freshman. He needs a lot of work on defense. What I'm hearing is the guy can shoot lights out. He's got all the tools, you know, to someday be an NBA prospect. But he really never has had to play any kind of serious defense. So they're going to be working with him a lot on defense. But expect Wuga to be somebody who's in the mix and is going to be a big time player. Uh, then they've got a couple other freshmen, Ja'Kai Robinson. Well, interesting and
0: interesting because Wuga is actually the, as far as the recruiting rankings went, he was kind of the, the other guy in this class, right? It was you know uh, Jakai Robinson from Maryland, Bensley Joseph were like their two blue chip top one hundred recruits. Right, they've got.
2: but what I'm but what I'm gathering from p- talking to people and coaches and whatever is that of the three freshmen, Wuga maybe the one that's
0: most ready of the three at least. Maybe well, Joseph's the most also ready, he's
2: although not a good defender. So right. that's going to that's going to hold him back. Um Joseph so, it
0: will probably be slotted in and he's a point guard, right? So he's yes, just he's be behind Charlie guard. Moore.
2: Yes, he and Charlie are going to be the true point guards. Uh so you know the the main thing with this team so far is that they have bodies? They're actually right. It feels deep, people. like compared to
0: some of these teams we've talked about in the last couple of years, like where they had six named,
2: players. They yeah, we've just named like nine walk-on.
0: guys who are pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, six players and a walk-on basically was this team for the last couple of years. Yeah. They have at least right now thirteen guys in practice. They can actually have five on five scrimmages. Um, there's a new trainer, so there's kind of a new energy with this group and. Charlie Moore, because he's played all over the United mm-hmm. States at this point, um, and he's an older guy. Yeah, probably like he, 20, I
0: don't know, you, you might yeah, know, him. probably so. like 24, 24 right? Yeah, he's yeah. up there.
2: He's up there. Um, he's a leader, though. The, everyone tells me that he's been a real vocal leader because he's been around so long and he's an older guy. He came in and from day one is, you know, taking charge, taking a leadership role, telling people what to do. Um, I think he's going to be a really big impact player for them. Wooga is a you know a guy that everybody should watch although don't watch him play defense quite yet just watch him on the other end of the floor and uh you know then Jordan Miller they say is a great rebounder very good around the basket he's going to help the you know the interior game um and having Sam Wardenburg back you know he was a good hard-working hard-nosed player uh so yeah I mean I, I think there's there's definitely optimism this year with the basketball team. There's a new energy. Everybody's healthy right now. Uh, they've got interesting freshmen. Uh, there's also a a walk-on who's kind of interesting. And I am forgetting his, fir- his first a name. Freshman. A U- freshman? A yes, freshman? Yes, he's from the Netherlands.
1: Yeah.
2: He's a Dutch guy. Uh, I watched him at practice yesterday, and he looks pretty good. For a walk-on, I mean, he's uh-huh. a walk-on, but he had some D1 offers. Apparently, he had three or four D1 offers. Uh, decided to come to Miami. He had lived in Miami at some point. He's Dutch, but had lived in in New York, LA, and Miami. So he's a big city guy from the Netherlands. Uh, and he is he's kind of interesting as a walk-on. He looked pretty good along with the other freshmen. Um, he didn't look that much like a walk-on to me, so. Anyway, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, last season they really had a bad regular season. They Mm -hmm. were four and fifteen in the ACC, ten and seventeen overall. But they had a little run at the ACC tournament. Yes, that showed a little spark of promise for this season. They beat Pitt, they beat Clemson, and then they almost beat Georgia Tech, uh, which would have been you know amazing. But they they only came, I think, four points from beating Georgia Tech. So. They ended the season on a high note uh, with a little bit of energy. And I think, to be honest, Chris likes was not happy and would. I think he was a bit of a cancer in the locker room. I'll be honest. He was grumpy a lot. And I think with him gone, I think the mood is going to be better. I think they have a true point guard now, which he never was. Right. And I just, I, I've, I think that there's reason for optimism this year for hurricane fans. So if you're depressed about the football team, <laughs> have some hope with this basketball team. Yeah.
0: To me, the couple of things that stand out, one is just the depth, as we mentioned, you know, we haven't even mentioned, you know, it took us a while to get to Rodney Miller, who I would think there's a chance is a starter at some point. Right. Cause he's the only like true center they kind of have on the roster.
2: They have him and, and dang Gack. Yeah. Dang Yeah. And Harlem. Oh, and Anthony Walker. Anthony Walker, we we didn't mention who was a
0: big time recruit coming out of high school. Was not really like put it together yet, but a lot of talent. Anthony
2: Walker has a lot of talent. He's a good kind of a stretch. He can do everything. You know, he could be, you know, he has the,
0: in college basketball, obviously you don't need to be seven feet tall to be a center. He has kind of the tools to be a a smaller center. I think
2: he does. He's kind of a forward slash center kind of guy. Yeah. So they've, they've got really, I mean, with Isaiah Wong, Cam Augusti, Anthony Walker back, Dan Gack Rodney Miller, Sam Wardenberg Harlan Beverly, all yeah. of those are Another returning guy we didn't players. Yep. Yeah, well, so they've got depth. Right now, they've got depth. If they can stay healthy with this new trainer, Sam Johnson, lots yep. of pressure on Mr. Sam Johnson. <laughs> Whoever you are, Sam Johnson, there's Good a luck. lot of pressure because a lot of the the injuries last year, I don't know what the heck they were doing in the training room, but whatever it was, it wasn't working. So they've got a new system now yeah. and uh, and a lot of optimism. Yeah. The other thing that's
0: standing out to me, I'm looking at the roster right now, and, and I appreciate that they have, with the weird eligibility thing, um, you know, the football roster just lists senior, fresh freshman, and that could mean you're like any grade. Um, yeah. On the, the basketball roster, they list out what year you are. Um, so they have four sixth-year seniors on this roster. Um, which is, um, you know, a lot of teams are probably in that kind of situation this year. Yes. Um, but obviously that's a positive thing. And especially it when has a lot
2: of experience. And to be yeah. honest, the teams that Coach L has has succeeded with the most, including going back to his George Mason Final Four team, the teams he does the best with are the teams that have some older guys yeah. on them. Uh, he's yeah. the kind of coach who develops guys and he likes older guys who are mature. He, they relate to him better. Um, so the older the team, the better with coach L and this team is pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, those
0: guys, if it's three of the four, we'll probably start between more McGusty and then either Wardenberg or Miller. So they're going to be an, an older starting lineup, um, which obviously is not necessarily in the case in, in the last few years. And then the other, I mean, the other, it really feels like the, the pivot point for this team is going to be how good is Isaiah Wong. Um, right. Because this team could probably be good if they're just like 12 deep and, you know, maybe be a bubble team and that kind of thing. But if Wong can take the leap that I think we know he has like, you know, obviously he's a guy who wants to be in the NBA next year. And if, and if he yes. can get to that level, then. Um, yeah. And he showed, I
2: mean, guys, last year yeah. he had, he had stretches last year where he definitely looked like an NBA prospect. I mean, he's, He has great skills and he's worked a lot on his defense. The two things that, I mean, the two players, both Cam and Isaiah, uh, what they came away from the NBA scouts and everything was that they need to work on their defense. That was the main thing. And so coach L said that most of the work that they've been doing, both of them has been on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that should be able to help them in their overall game. And it, it should be able to help this team, which struggled defensively a lot last year. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them and seeing how they are. I think they're going to be better than last year. I, I don't I mean, I can't imagine them having a season like they had last year. And, you know, there will be some fans in the building. You know, my UM never draws huge crowds, but at least having someone in the building is better than having nobody. Because that right. was I was there and it was very depressing. I mean, it was just <laughs> it felt like a practice. It didn't even feel like a game.
0: Yeah. Especially in, you know, that, that gym is not like, it doesn't feel like a NBA, you know, some of these gyms are 18,000 people and it just feels bigger when you're in a gym like that. Um, even if there's not a lot of fans, just family or whatever, like a lot of places had that gym really, it feels like a a practice gym if there's no one in
2: there. Yeah, it does. And, and, you know, there was just no energy. I mean, there was just no energy whatsoever. They didn't even allow the mascot to go in, which I don't understand. You know, I mean, I understand COVID, but you're talking about a mascot who's wearing a mask on his head. And, you know, why not yeah. let the mascot go in there and jump around or whatever yeah, or the band
0: or something? They the band, it something. There was it. nothing.
2: Yeah. It was silence. I mean, I covered these games and you could hear every word, every squeak of the sneaker. Um, it really felt I don't know how they even got the energy to play the games they did. Uh, so I think it's going to be a big boost for them to have whatever fans they can get out there. And, uh, you know, they've, they've uh, playing the ACC teams they're going to play. You know, they should get some decent crowds. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see them play.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, well, I guess we'll finish here. It does feel like this is kind of a pivotal year for the program. And the same, not in the, you know, basketball is never under the same kind of scrutiny that football is. But obviously, you know, like James is on the hot seat. And if something changes there and it's another, you know this, how many years have been since that last tournament for basketball? Was that 2018, I guess, was the last yeah. time they made it? So, obviously, yeah. um, you know, three straight, you know, the obviously 2020 tournament didn't happen, but they were not making it that year, um, unless they won the ACC tournament. Um, so three straight years missing the tournament and really just not good years either. It's not like they were in double no. teams,
2: no, and um, a losing record. I mean, Coach L didn't coach, L yeah. L never had losing records, and ever, and, and, and like I said, there were a lot of.
0: Ex, like things outside of their control with injuries and and the Dewan uh, situation and getting roped into the FBI uh, investigation. No, I, that killed that recruiting class. That
2: that killed two recruiting classes. Really
0: killed two recruiting classes, but especially that, uh, I guess the eight, like, you know, they, there are guys who, you know, there's a good chance we are going to land like Sadiq Bey who became a lottery pick. Like there, there were guys right. that they kind of got screwed. Um, this is yeah. a year that it feels like they've kind of built it back up. And this is a year I think they, they got to show that they've got this thing uh, going back in the direction that we're used to. to Coach L teams looking like, yeah, yes. he's obviously getting exactly. up there. People wonder if he's past his prime, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, um, has the game, and especially with you see that you know Roy Williams is gone. Yeah, Coach K, the old guard is game. gone,
0: except for Jim Beheim, basically.
2: Yeah, Jim Bayheim is still there, and Leonard looks young, but Leonard, <laughs> right, <becomes>. that's true. <laughs> Leonard just looks young, but he doesn't get thrown in, but he is the same age as those other guys. I want to remind everybody that he has been coaching forever also, but he just has a more youthful appearance. (laughs) He's been bald for a long time, but it looks good (laughs) on him. Looks good on Leonard, you know? Yeah. So anyway, no, it should be an interesting year. It really should. Uh, And uh, like I said, Charlie Moore, definitely someone to look at. Wuga, someone to look at.
0: His name is listed as Wuga on the roster. So it's yes. not—it's not just a. Uh, yeah, it's, no
2: one calls him by Nassine or however you pronounce it. It's Wuga. It's Wuga Poplar. Yeah. That's his name, Wuga. Yeah, and so, uh, I will ask him about that. But yeah, there's going to be some interesting players this year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So we'll get
0: you on again uh, when the season gets a little bit closer. Um, hopefully, you'll get to the bottom of Wuga by then. And uh, yes, we'll, I will. Uh, we'll hopefully, you I
2: promise to, to get rid of Wuga. I'll not get rid. Get get to the bottom of Wuga. And the name uh, by that time. And I'm also going to find out a little more about the Dutch, uh, the Dutch nomad who's lived all over the world, the citizen of the world, uh, because he looks pretty good. He looks pretty interesting. So I want to hear a little more about his story.
0: Yeah, and, and another depth piece potentially for them. I was looking. Yeah, he did have, I think, an offer from Eastern Washington, which is, you know, it's a tournament, you know, a, a team that's best in its conference typically. Um, right. You know, Cal State Fullerton, I think, an offer. So that's that's a nice depth piece to have on this roster. Um, right. Let's wrap things up there. Uh, Michelle, thanks for coming on. Uh, you can follow yeah. Michelle on Twitter at CoughSports uh, KAUF sports, uh, obviously a lot of inter Miami coverage still going on, although things are not looking great for them. It it seems like you're going to be in basketball mode in a little bit. I know
2: I was thinking at the, I I, I was thinking for a while that, Oh, I'm going to be juggling in November. I'll be juggling the MLS (laughs) playoffs and the beginning of college basketball season, but it looks like uh, one's going to end right in time for the other one to start up. So,
0: so, uh, thanks as always, uh, for coming on Michelle. And, uh, we will, like I said, talk to, uh, probably in a couple of weeks here when when the season gets going
2: all right sounds good thanks